Ready Check Radio. Stand by as we get ready to serve up all your news this week in the world of gaming. Welcome to Gaming Gumbo. What's up, Internet? It's Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern. That means here on Ready Check Radio, it's time for Gaming Gumbo, your weekly gaming wrap-up. I'm your host, Mike Byrne, a.k.a. Magic Man, as always. It's Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Chat's got us live. They're going to chime in with their opinions. If you're watching on YouTube, listening on Audible, Spotify, iTunes, any of the platforms, we appreciate that. Give it a like, a thumbs up, a subscribe, turn on notifications, and chime in in the comments. Feed the algorithms. But if you like what we do here, come hang out live and bring some friends. You can check out readycheckradio.com. For all the backlog of gaming gumbo and the relic grind news and streams and all that stuff and all the socials are in the upper right hand corner making it easy to follow. Joining me to go over all kinds of fun gaming news this week, Mr. Troy Blackburn. What's up, Noob Fridge? What's going on? Happy to be here. Happy to talk about some games that I'm excited to see coming. Yeah, yeah. I, it's funny. We were obviously we we said last week we were going to talk about the uh the, the direct the, the Xbox developer direct today and we knew you know the four key things that they were going to talk about and they did add one extra little thing in there which we'll chat about but I was like okay I'm excited for probably two maybe two and a half out of these I think Troy's excited for four <laughs> four out of four <laughs> like it was just <laughs> like this is uh, Troy's developer direct so we'll get down to that. Also on the line, the chat games, resident artist of Ready Check Radio, Yod. What's up, my friend? Well, you know, it's not exactly 7 o'clock yet, but... It's not exactly. <laughs> not exactly. Yeah, I got an anniversary dinner to get to, so if we were able to start a few minutes early, we started a few minutes early, celebrating 23rd anniversary with my wife. So, uh, and Torchwick is still here. He was supposed to go back to school like Monday or Tuesday of this week, but Buffalo and New York and Northern Pennsylvania just got hammered with snow. So he had snow days without snow um, <laughs> here in Pittsburgh here. until two two days ago when Troy and I lo got some lovely snow. It wasn't too bad. It wasn't anything near like what Buffalo got. So he's actually going back tomorrow. So no Torchwick stream after the show today. He'll be at uh, anniversary dinner with, with the family here uh, after the show. Uh, but we would still have Tarkov live at midnight. He'll be playing some control, so... Follow Do on they still Twitter. have school snow days these days? Or aren't, is it like it all just yeah. turns to remote if they have snow? Yeah, <laughs> it kind of most of the time reverts to remote learning, you know, and there was some some of his. So in college is a little different, right? Because they might not yeah. offer yeah. a Zoom offering like he, <laughs> he went to some of his classes this week because the teacher was willing to do it by Zoom. Uh, <laughs> there were some classes that I'm sure they still held, but. You know, they're going to have to redo it anyway because there was probably like two or three people there. So he was just like, eh, fuck it. I'll review the syllabus and I'll be fine because uh, it's the first week back from break right. and everything. Then Cassidy, though, my daughter who's in high school, hers, yeah, most of the time if they have a snow day, it reverts to online learning, which for her in high school is actually asynchronous. So it's just like there's no classes. You don't have to do anything at any particular time, but your teachers put your assignments up online so that they, and then you go and do them yeah so there's no like true so snow sad. day the way yeah. we remember them for yeah her. That, that's so sad yeah <laughs> you know you wake up and you're like oh snow day and you bust out the crackers and get ready to watch the price is right because mm -hmm. you never get to watch it while you're in school <laughs> <laughs> nope i mean uh, although you know the it is a little little different with the fact that we had to still wake up in the morning to watch that news feed or yeah, listen to the radio. Or listen go, to the radio. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, is that is that my school? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you'd listen to the radio and then like you'd turn it on and like my high school started with a C. So if you heard them on the Fs, you were like, Oh my right. God, man, I might I not be able to get, like I have to leave. <laughs> and they gotta go through or you turn on the news and the, the Chiron at the bottom is going and it's on D and you're like, Son of a bitch, I just missed it. It's gonna take nine minutes to roll around. I gotta leave in five. <laughs> I'm gonna be so pissed. <laughs> Yeah, those were the days. Now, yeah, you, now you just open your phone and you probably already yeah. have a notification. We literally get um, my my 
daughter doesn't go to the school district that we live in because she goes to a private school. But uh, the busing is obviously handled by the public school district. And so we right. get telephone calls and notifications and, and everything. Like, man, back in the day, no, they were like, we're, we're calling the local radio station and telling them we're closed. And if you don't listen, that's on you. Like, yeah, it's your on job you. to find it out, not ours. Right, not our <laughs> job to let you know. Sorry about that. I guess we're old. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Very Oh. Very old. Hey, Xbox Anyways, Developer hey. Direct. Yeah, let's talk about some <laughs> games. So uh, we we knew that there were going to be four key games they had advertised ahead of time. We were going to see Avowed, the first-person RPG. We were going to see some more on Senua's Saga, Hellblade 2. Uh, we were going to see Aria, History Untold. And then we saw the developer being teased, so we were pretty sure we were going to see Indiana Jones and the Great Circle. We speculated right. that the on the rumors last week, that is in fact the name, Indiana Jones and the Great Circle. There was a, a cute little, like they had a Zoom call almost presentation. It was like somebody is asking for uh, permission to enter, and they gave it to him, and it was Square Enix that kind of showed up in the middle of the show to talk about Visions of Mana. Uh, which we already knew was coming out this summer for multiple systems, but confirmed that it was on the Xbox Two, so or the Xbox as well. So that's pretty neat. So let's start the Xbox Two. The Xbox Two. <laughs> let's start with Avowed. I'm showing some of it on the screen. I feel like <sighs> okay. So Avowed is one of the like two and a half games I told you I I would be interested in. Right. I've been mm -hmm. watching Avowed, and I, I'm sure mm -hmm. you guys have too. Uh, this is coming from the the Obsidian Entertainment team, so Fallout New Vegas. We've known about it for years, right? Since, what, 2020, I think, was the first time we saw it. Uh, right. But now we've got a good look at it, what's going on with some of the magic, and they talked about some of the branching uh, narrative lines. And here's the thing, Troy. It looked okay. Like, there were some things that I thought looked really good, and then they'd have a character that I was like, <laughs> I'm not sure what the hell's going on with that character model, but whatever. So it was okay, you know, hit and miss, and that happens. But as I was watching it, and they were talking about the branching narratives, and they specifically gave the example of, like, if you give the badges to this guy that he was looking for, he might go do this. If you label him a cowardice, you might have to, a uh, coward, you might have to fight him. And if you kill him, then when you go back to the town, things might be different there. That's all well and good, right? But I think when you're showing this stuff off now, you have to realize we live in a post-Baldur's Gate 3 world. <laughs> like, things, have, things have jumped a little bit uh, when it comes to this because Baldur's Gate 3 just did what it needed to do so well. It continues to unleash surprises on people that are now just you know doing their seventh and eighth and ninth playthrough Trying, like, what if I kill this NPC before I see them? And blah, 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 blah. You know, there's just a million ways to go. And it seems like uh, Larian Studios has foreseen every possible scenario. And there's dialogue in the damn game for it. I, I don't know. It is one I'm looking forward to. I was a little disappointed. We already knew this. But seeing it in action, I was a little more disappointed that it was first person. However, it is in that, like, New Vegas uh, Elder Scrolls style so that's probably a better thing for it for its fans although i would have liked to have seen a third person what did you think when you saw yeah. the reveal uh, i think it looked very interesting um like you said there were definitely some hit and miss stuff in the in the in the footage that they showed uh some of the characters i agree with you were a little less than uh than uh inspiring <laughs> but but overall, I think they've got a game that is is ripe for the picking here. This is good timing for a game like this. We've yep. had nothing but Skyrim remasters for years now, and we're years and years away from you know Elder Scrolls Six. So uh, I think they've got an opportunity here to really to really make a statement. As long as the gameplay and their branching narratives and everything you know match up to what they say they're going to do, I think they've got an opportunity to have a, a real classic of a game here. Yeah, chat and Shrak already getting your question answered. Yes, like Skyrim and stuff, you can toggle between first and third, but it is very, I say this about Elder Scrolls Online all the time too. 
Like, I play it in third person, but you can tell the game was meant to be played in first person. Right. <laughs> like, particularly the way your character, I've always thought it was awkward the way your character jumps in the Elder Scrolls Online. Yeah, it's it's always a little wonky. A little bit, yeah. Little, yeah Sky, Skyrim's kind of the same. It's, yeah, it, it yeah. can be a little wonky at times in third person, even though that's the way I prefer to play. Yod, you getting any uh, excitement for Avowed here? Avowed does look really neat, but like you said, in, in a post-Baldur's Gate world, these these options almost seem like rudimentary I mean, that they're like, showing off. It's, it's not like, fair to like, totally mean, compare it, right? It is an, a more right. an action combat versus like the, right. the turn-based stuff that Baldur's Gate does. But I get it. I'm just talking about from right. like, the RPG narrative standpoint. Yeah, it's and, not and as like, big a selling feature these days, no, even before no. Baldur's Gate 3, that, hey, there's branching paths. That's right. almost become expected. Just Baldur's Gate 3 just knocked it out of the park with the way they did branching paths. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, 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 to, to me, like, the, the little options they, they show and stuff, it seems more similar to, I don't know, uh, your, your Mass Effects and Dragon Ages. Yeah. Where it's like... You, you know, it's it's these three options, and if you, if you choose these three options, these three things are going to happen. You know, X, it's X, Y, and Z. Where with Baldur's Gate, it seemed more like if you do something here, it's going to change something over here that you were not going to expect. Which, like you said, the people are still finding things out that they can do and killing right. people off here or there or messing with this or that person or waiting till someone else interacts with you on another part. Apparently, somebody found a something that uh, Larian didn't expect people to do, which uh, one of your characters apparently will like go off like a nuke after they die or something like that, <laughs> and you can you can reverse pickpocket it into some other dude's pocket and he'll bring it back to the abyssal realm and explode, but the game still ends even though you're out of the. You know the the area where it can de hurt you. <laughs> it is. Uh, we're gonna oh, get. Yeah. We we have a release window. We have a release okay. window yeah, yeah. Avowed, yeah. for Avowed. That'll be fall of 2024. So later this year, it is going to be on Xbox uh, Series X, PC, and will be a Game Pass Day One release. Troy, I That's kind of feel like you might be right on. Right thing, exact right time. Simply because Elder Scrolls Six is so far away. Like that's immediately when you look at this, you go, "Oh wow, they're you know, wow, they're former uh, New Vegas devs, and they're just they're going right for that Skyrim, that Elder Scrolls audience." But we're years away from Six, although. <laughs> Two Worlds tried to do that same thing back then. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah. didn't go so well. I have a feeling Avowed will fare a little better. Uh, than, than yeah, two I think Worlds. so. Just I think with it being Obsidian, I think they've got a little more experience, and uh, I think they've got the opportunity to create a really good game here. Shirak says, my opinion for Avowed tainted from the initial teaser. Why? What happened in the initial teaser yeah. that you really just didn't like? Uh, BG3 came out like three to four months ago. Nobody going to try and change their game last minute to be more like that. Oh, no, 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 no. No, absolutely yeah. not. And we weren't implying that they were. No. Uh, but you you can bet the Avowed team was watching the release and started playing BG3, and they were like, oh, damn it. <laughs> and, and, and it has set a benchmark that certain players will judge other games against. 100%. Right. And the, the other thing is also what you feature on your... your um, your your little well feature that they did that they did on the game does change how people think about the game and if you're talking about features that are not so um novel these days yeah you know they're, they're, they're expected and you you talk about them like they are novel yeah yeah, that 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 also changes the perspective on how people see it. So, and there, uh, there's, of course, right now and and oftentimes there is always room for just a solid RPG. You know, right. Just just right. do a solid RPG. There's always room for that. Unfortunately, right. a lot of them come out and are a little lackluster. You know, Forspoken and stuff like that. It, we saw the initial stuff for Forspoken, and we were like, it okay, cool. Good. Yeah, like they're doing something that isn't Final Fantasy that. Has this kind of modern back into time, you know, other world type thing. Cool, cool. And it just didn't pan out because the rest of it wasn't there. I hope it will be with Avowed because it's certainly one that I'm I'm personally interested in. 
I love a good RPG. I'm a sucker for a good RPG. Yeah, it, it looks pretty pretty well polished there. Next up was... It's, it's good to hear oh, sorry, something go from them again, because there was a point last year where I was starting to get a little worried about Avowed, because they had gone radio silent for a while, so it was good to hear something from them. Oh, yeah, they did. I didn't I didn't think about that. Yeah. You and Flynn, the only people capping up for First Spoken. Yeah, you, you, you really are. <laughs> uh, next up was Senua's Saga Hellblade 2. Some interesting news on this front. Uh, we it, Obviously, we got to see some more of the trailer. For some reason, my software would not. It hated this trailer trying to get it, so I, don't, I didn't grab the B-roll for this. Uh, but this one coming a little closer, May 21st, we're going to see uh, the, the saga go. Uh, again, this is another one that is going to be, excuse me, um, on Xbox Game Pass on launch day. So we are two for two. Uh, loving it. Absolutely loving it. Two games that I don't have to spend money on. Uh, if you played the first one, this one's a little more... They've, they're the kind of diving into the psychosis aspect of Senua and auditory hallucinations and, and things like that. They've consulted once again with some experts in those fields to try and realistically portray those and not have them come off as gimmicks. Uh, or you know, making light of a situation where people hear things and react to reality in different ways. Uh, they've revamped the combat, so they've talked about combat being maybe a little slower or a little different, I should say, more more different than the original, but still as brutal as and as impacting. One interesting tidbit on this one that we found out later after the show uh, was that it's going to be well. I mean, we found out during the show. $50 instead of 60 or 70 But that comes with the draw of it's going to be a digital-only release. There will not be a physical version of this one. Studio head Dom Matthews on Xbox Wire saying, We also took uh, advantage of the freedom that digital-only distribution offered us to create a game of the length that fit perfectly with our intended experience, but could be sold at a lower price to reflect the shorter length of our story. This framework allowed us to focus on the things we really care about, taking our fans on an unforgettable journey into Senua's unique world. Troy, I, you know, I, there's something to be said for, hey, getting a couple bucks off because it's digital only, but then you hear that, like, you know, maybe the game's a little shorter, and if they did a physical release, they felt like, hey, we're charging $60, $70, we don't feel like the game length might be there for a $60, $70 title. What if we go digital only and charge $50? i am not generally a fan of digital only releases, but I also can appreciate the bind they seem to be in with that decision to, hey, let's focus on a cohesive, tight story rather than adding filler just to pad the time so $60 or $70 feels more worth it. It sounds like a developer that actually doing is doing what's best for the game for once, uh, which is uh, you know they decided that it's going to be digital only distribution. They've decided there's going to be a lower price point. If it's a shorter game, I'm fine with that. Um, you know, every game doesn't have to be a hundred hours. <laughs> so you know, especially one where the where the original in the series was was a really good game and was critically received well, and and players seemed to really enjoy it. I don't think it did like just gangbusters business, but it did good enough business for them that obviously there's a sequel coming. So, you know, opportunity to onboard some new players to this and a price point that'll make a lot of folks happy. Yeah. And if you think back, the original, when it launched, was digital only. Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice was initially digital only. Then later oh. on in, in the, uh, I think it was like 2019 ish. Sorry. Uh, 505 Games did a physical release for the PlayStation 4, and Microsoft did one for the Xbox One. Uh, Nintendo Switch has always been digital and then just stayed digital. So it, even the original, I mean, it's, it's still... We're going to talk more about this whole digital physical world. And yes, I know Alan Wake 2 did the, the same thing with a digital only, digital only release. We're going to talk about that a little later in the show. I'm generally not a fan of it. I hope they're being legit, Yod, the way they say this, because there is always yeah. that we're just going to say what sounds good. 
Right, you right. Know. Appease the audience. Right. And it sounds good that we were more concerned with staying cohesive and tight to our story, even if it meant right. it's a 12-hour game instead of a 20-hour game. Those numbers mm -hmm. are just pulled from random out of a hat. We don't know what Senua's uh, saga will be. Uh, versus, hey, let's charge $50 and let's not put packaging together and we'll make a lot right. more. Like, it's hard right. not to be jaded sometimes in this damn industry with thousands of layoffs this last year. And and then thinking about the fact that, you know, does that mean a physical copy is only worth $10 per person? Right. In the grand scheme <laughs> right. of things, that, that, that's all we get for not having a physical copy is, is $10 a person. Uh, I feel a little cheap in there. But, yeah, yeah, hopefully they're telling the truth. Are you interested it, in this one? It, it it does look really cool and creepy. I mean, that, that, that whole psychological look of the trailer, even though, you, you know, for some reason, the computer didn't like it. <laughs> it, it might have been too creepy for it. Because <laughs> I was watching it on the on the TV over here, um, as opposed to on the computer. And the wife was sitting on the couch watching too. It's like we're bo we're both like, what the heck is going on here? What you know? It, it just it draws you in because it's 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 so different from from what you would expect a normal normal type of setup to look like and. Oh, are you talking yeah, about, it, like, their original one that was, like, mostly live action or whatever? Right, yeah. But, yeah, it it looks cool. It, it, do, it really looks cool. Might have to re-up re my Game Pass <laughs> subscription. <laughs> uh, yes. Then, that's when, then, after that is when we had Square Enix kind of show up as a surprise guest. Um, a lot of people thought maybe they would be announcing the Final Fantasy XIV Xbox beta being live, although we don't really expect that till February. Xbox went ahead this week and accidentally tweeted that the beta was live and then had to pull <laughs> that down real quick and issue a public, you know, a, a, an apology tweet. So we thought, well, maybe they're going to show up at the Direct. And no, they came to the Direct, but they were showing off Visions of Mana, which looks great. You know, and I'm not even counting this in the 2.5 games that I'm excited about. Uh, <laughs> Avowed is one. Senua's Saga is the 0.5 uh, for mm. me. But but Visions of Mana is an absolute buy on on my part. But it already was. Like it, I'm probably not going to get it on Xbox. But I'm glad more games, uh, more Square Enix games are coming to Xbox. That does mean that there's probably a little hope for, you know, Xbox-only players to get a little more of the Square Enix action uh, chat saying, I wonder yeah. if it would have been marketed as an Xbox arcade title if it was released back in the day. <laughs> Senua is probably not. Probably not. Part one is on sale for three bucks on Steam right now if you want it. Just bought it. You're talking about uh, Senua, the, the original uh, Hellblade? Is it really only three bucks? Yeah, I mean, wow. it's a great game if you, you want to go, uh, go grab something to play through while you're waiting for something else. Three bucks, you can't beat that. <laughs> Troy, I think I'm going to have to turn it over to you for the next one because I have a feeling this is not a game I am interested in, but I have a feeling you are interested in this one, and that is Aura uh, History Untold. It's not to say I don't like strategy warfare-esque games. I've done my fair share of Warcraft 2, Warcraft 3, all the Total War games. This is the wrong trailer. Let me bloop, do that. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, this doesn't look We fixed right. it. We fixed it. You know, so I, I might try this, but it is definitely one that I'm going to wait until it's like on sale or, you know, pick it up when... Game Pass. Yeah, Game, game pass, pass, right? Yeah. <laughs> but Troy, I can imagine you being a little more into this. Jason Winter would absolutely be into mm -hmm. this. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> But yeah, I'm definitely interested in this one. It, it looks it looks a little more modern than some of the older ones that are out there. There are some really good gameplay grand strategy games that kind of show their age a little bit visually nowadays. So uh, to see one that's uh, that's a little more little more modern, a little more current, and uh, kind of stretches the the timeline that this one stretches, it's interesting to see. And uh, and I want to see more from it before I'm like, yeah, day one purchase. But at the end of the day, they've caught my attention with something that uh, probably wasn't on my radar before the Xbox Direct. Yeah, it is very much in that 4X game genre, right? Explore, expand, exploit, exterminate. It's kind of got all of those things going. It is going to be 
as Yod mentioned, day one on PC Game Pass. Uh, this will be on Windows and Steam, and will be available day one on PC Game Pass. I don't know. Yod, is this for you? <sighs> Not particularly, but like you said, if it's on Game Pass, and if I'm re-upping my Game Pass, you know, might as well check it out. <laughs> Might as well go ahead and get a AAA title for free. (laughs) Oh, shucks, you twisted my arm. (laughs) I mean, there are some (laughs) games that, you know, I would avoid even if they were free, and this isn't one of them, so there's that. (laughs) Uh, And this also is one that they do intend, like, you know, typical games in in this genre, right, to do a bunch of DLCs and branch it out in other directions and... The team saying we have so many ideas for different, even more out there leaders and other kinds of crazy triumphs. Just bring players even more diverse experiences that you wouldn't get in a traditional strategy space. And a lot of that, Troy, comes down to the timelines that they're playing with here, giving you a lot more options than, say, like booting up Civ Five or something like that. Yeah, and, that, and that's part of what looks interesting and looks like they might be doing something a little a little different than some of the the bigger names out there so uh you know got my interest but yeah if you're uh if you haven't played a lot of grand strategy games get ready for a dlc extravaganza because that's what they do with these oh yeah oh yeah uh and then finally we get indiana jones and the great circle a name i still think is kind of dumb yeah, like, I know it'll tie into the story, and it did. They started tying it in already in the first trailer that we got here. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. it's still kind of a dumb name. I still feel like yeah. they were working on it. They had this tie, this title, and you know when the next movie was coming out and started to be communicated behind the scenes, they were like, "Wait, you called yours Dial of Destiny? Shit, that was the name of our game. I guess we'll just call ours Great Circle then." Uh, that's that's a dial of destiny, right? A dial's a circle. Destiny sure, is great. Sure. Yeah, great, great, fantastic. Uh, but this was our first like real uh, trailer for the game. We're gonna see this sometime in 2024. Just just later, <laughs> later in 2024. Right. I am very. I'm a huge Indiana Jones guy. Like I saw Crystal Skull <laughs> in the theater. <laughs> like. I did too. I have to admit, I did too. I saw Dial of Destiny in the theater. I right? did not. Yeah, I you did. know, I'm a sucker. And as soon as you know, uh, Todd Howard started talking about this, and then it was given over to Machine Games to to go ahead and execute it. And Todd talked about like how he's been kind of pitching for a movie or a game because he's a big fan of the franchise for a while, and finally got to do this, and so he's very very happy. Uh, Xbox and PC exclusive to those. Uh, I don't think we know about its Game Pass yet, do we? Like its availability uh, there, do we? I think it is. I think it's Game Pass. Thought Let's I saw that. On the, on the Indiana game. Jones. Uh, Dr. Jones be available on Game Pass. Uh, here's a bunch of everything we know. Okay, here we go. Um, yeah, Indiana Jones and the Great Circle is coming later this year to Xbox Series X and S and PC and will be available on day one on Game Pass. Like, Game Pass just, like, continues to be just such, like, even Troy, we converted you. Yeah. (laughs) Like, we And this looks like this is the year where I'm really going to get my money's worth, too. Yeah. Um, Indy looks great, by the way, in the trailer here. It looks fantastic. Looks fantastic. Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy that they're using Harrison Ford's likeness because that really helps set the the tone and the the setting and make you feel like you're you know playing Indiana Jones. Now the the first person maybe uh, for me yeah. not so much. Yeah, I, I and they shift to third person be... for like those puzzle solving cutscene moments. But yeah, mm-hmm. the game is the gameplay is primarily first person. Yeah, I, I think it has to be first person because some of the shots and and. Don't get me wrong. They did an amazing job uh, on the likeness and all that stuff. But on some of the shots, it just had that slight too much Uncanny Valley feel. 
Just a couple shots. Yeah, like, I mean, because you feel cool. like you're looking at a de-aged Harrison Ford rather right. than a recreated Harrison right. Ford. Some, yeah, something wasn't wasn't jiving right. Like they, they needed to tweak it slightly for style. <laughs> kind of like the something. beginning of Dial of Destiny, right? When he's when he's de-aged. <laughs> Gee, <laughs> um, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it was it was cool. You know, Troy Baker gets so much work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I obviously am super jealous of the guy. He's super talented. I'd love to be doing what he's doing uh, career-wise. But uh, he's he sounds great as in as indie, right? Because like you could have Harrison Ford if you wanted to shell out the money. I'm sure Harrison would take the paycheck and and come and voice the character. But one of the things that was like really exposed in Dial of Destiny's opening scene with the de-aging was the voice don't work anymore. Like when you make indie younger, Harrison's current voice just doesn't fit, right? Um, yeah, yeah. And so I was like, he sounded great enough that at the beginning of the trailer, I don't know if you guys felt this, but I, I did, and I saw it in chat. I was like, did they get Harrison to come and do this? Because it was just like one or two quick lines, not a lot to go by, but it was sounded close enough that you were like, was that Harrison? And then later he right. has a few more lines, and you're like, that's not Harrison, but it's a really, really good imitation of a young Harrison Ford. Who's doing right. that? Ah, Troy Baker. I should have known. I should have known. Like, all I had to do is close my eyes and think, you know, what, Uncharted, and I probably, or that's not, that's not Troy Baker. Troy Baker, what, not, it's not Uncharted. Why do I have Uncharted stuck in my head? Chat, help me out here. Um, not uncharted anyway troy last of us thank you joel why was i thinking uncharted nathan drake uh that was that was nolan wasn't it uh yeah troy what do you think i know this is one you're pumped for oh yeah absolutely uh this is one of those where i'm just gonna get over the fact that i would rather play third person and uh that is that it's first person i'm just gonna get over that and play an indiana jones game that looks like it's going to be a heck of a lot of fun. So definitely interested in checking this one out for sure. Yeah, and I'd... if it's going to be day one Game Pass, I mean, yeah. what's to lose? Yeah, there's just, just there's no excuse at that point. I know, Yad, you're jumping into this. I I didn't think I would be, but after watching that trailer, it, it looks good. I mean, it, it looks better in Dial of Destiny. <laughs> Hey man, Dial of Destiny is not the worst movie in the franchise. <laughs> I'm not saying it was. And that's all I'm it needed to be it. for me when I bought my ticket. <laughs> I will and I said that on stream too. I was like after I took because I took my boys to see uh Indiana Jones and they were they were younger, right? My boys, I, they were like 12 and 10 or 11 and 9, something something like that. And they both came out of Crystal Skull, and they were like, "Oh, so great, Daddy! Wasn't it great, Daddy? Wasn't?" And I'm like, "Oh yeah, guys, it was great. It was great. <laughs> what have they done to my boy?" <laughs> and and then years later, they've watched all of them again, and they're like, "Yeah, Crystal Skull is kind of bad." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, it really was." So then my oldest boy and I went to see Dial of Destiny, and all we wanted it to be was just don't be as bad as Crystal Skull, just. Don't be as bad as Crystal Skull. And it is still very much, you know, here's Raiders, uh, Temple of Doom, and Last Crusade. Put them in any order you want, one through three. And then down here are Dial of Destiny and uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. But it's absolutely Dial of Destiny number four, Crystal Skull five. Like, there's no debate. <laughs> and there's a gap. Uh, uh. <laughs> I, I can't wait. I can't. I hope you, it's got to be a good narrative, right? Right. I mean, that's the whole that's thing. That's the whole with thing. Jones. Yeah, you, you got to have that good narrative. Troy, are you okay with this? I, I certainly am again, but I'm a huge fan of the franchise. They they did talk about, yeah, you know, there's going to be things that might be easier for you to pull out your revolver or pick up a gun off of a, a downed person. But, I mean, it's Indiana Jones. It's going to be a lot of puzzle solving and finding ways in and out of tombs and you know stealth and i'm totally okay i am on board yeah it better be uh if you're gonna do indiana jones it better be a lot of puzzle solving and getting in and out of tombs and 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 stealth and not necessarily going guns blazing all the time because that's that's not what an indiana jones film is 
right. that's not what an Indiana Jones story is. So, you know, you, you've got to do, you know, obviously you've got to make exceptions. You've you got to make some gameplay exceptions. You've got to make the gameplay good, uh, regardless of the source material, but you can stay as close to the source material as possible while, you know, developing your gameplay. I mean, we all know that the only reason Harrison Ford fired his revolver at the actor in Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? Like, he was sick that day. He was sick, yeah. Yeah, right. that was supposed to be a choreographed <laughs> sword fight scene, <laughs> and Harrison Ford had the flu, and he was just like, no, <laughs> shot him. What, and like, what, if, what if I just shoot him? Yeah, we'll, we'll, oh, yeah. We'll, we'll keep Indy that. would fine. do that. That's yeah. Fine. So that was the developer direct. All in all, Yod, what'd you think of the entire show? They gave each game thought, like 10 minutes, bang, bang, yeah. bang, and then we were out of there. Yeah, I thought it was pretty good. Um, th there was a few trailers that we didn't talk about that I can't remember what they are at the time right, right now anymore. But they had some definitely interesting art styles. That I, I'm probably oh, some of the more indie stuff. Yeah, yeah. Right, more indie stuff had some really neat art styles, which I'm sure will never get into any of the game awards that we talk about when we talk about innovation in art and all that stuff. No, but Starfield <laughs> is the Steam's most innovative. <laughs> yes, uh, and if you don't mm, think so, you're playing it wrong. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> thumbs yeah. up or thumbs down on the entire show there, uh, Troy? Because I feel like, at least on my, my set, I feel like the Xbox Developer Direct has really figured out the best way to do these things. Right? Yeah, I we, think sit, a... we sit on some of these and we're like, just shut up, like move on. <laughs> like what Sony state of play sometimes, like Sony has kind of figured it out too, right? Their state of plays have right. been cut to like 20 or 30 minutes and it's just mm -hmm. kind of like bang, 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 and we're out. Xbox developer directs, like they're finally starting to catch their groove on, look, if you want to be a part of this show, send us an eight minute video. That's all right. you get. <laughs> we know you're excited about your game. Your game is very well done, and kudos to your devs. But. <laughs> right. Yeah. Did it do it for you, Troy? Yeah, I think it did. And it helps, you know, I'm I'm not usually into the, the Sony stuff as much because the stuff that's coming to PC no as Sony a non-console player. <laughs> yeah, right. The stuff that's, that Sony's producing, you know, it might come to PC, but it's going to be years down the road before I actually get to play it as a PC, as a primary PC gamer. Uh, this one, this is, you know, with the Xbox, it's, it's stuff that I'm going to get to play day one. And it's stuff that I'm going to see and get my hands on at the same time as everybody else. So that makes it a little more exciting for me, obviously, right off the bat. But I think they did a, a, fan, a fantastic job with the presentation here, not taking too long on everything, not a bunch of filler BS. They were like, here's our games. We're going to talk about them for a few minutes and let you see, you know, some, some new stuff you haven't seen. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, you guys might have heard this past week, by the way. Let us know in the comments what you thought of the Developer Direct. Which one of your uh, the games shown off is your most anticipated? Put it in the comments below. Uh, I'm going to read you a couple of headlines because I recommended Prince of Persia last week as my game of the week, a game mm -hmm. by Ubisoft, and I did go ahead and buy it uh, after playing the demo, and I have been playing it like crazy. I haven't had enough time to, like, beat it yet i think according to my save file i think i'm like 39 or 40 percent through it well whatever that actually means i don't know i got a lot of the map explored that's for sure i am still enjoying it spoiler it will be my game of the week again last week i gave it to the demo this week i'm going to give it to the game but you may have seen some headlines this past week about dear old ubisoft i'm going to read you a couple of them from gizmodo Ubisoft says gamers should get more comfortable not owning their games. From CBR, Ubisoft says players should feel comfortable with not owning games. From Insider Gaming, Ubisoft, quote, get comfortable with not owning games. IGN, Ubisoft, uh, I'm not going to read this one because it, it does something, so I'll, I'll come back to, to them. I'll, become, I'll come back to them. PC Gamer, Ubisoft director, says gamers will get more comfortable not owning games. Nintendo Life, players need to start feeling comfortable with not owning games, says Ubisoft sub's boss. Ubisoft took a ton of flack on basically all social media for these, these, these headlines and these comments, right? All yeah. over the place. 
Just a little bit. Memes, I jokingly said on last week's show, oh, if you don't own your games, then pirating can't be illegal, right? Um, you can't have them both ways. And that's a meme that I had seen tossed up many times in this conversation. And as much as this pains me to say, <laughs> I hate the internet sometimes. Mm. Because Ubisoft wasn't wrong here. The headlines were. The headlines Explain. were. The original interview that all of this comes from, and far be it for me to defend fucking Ubisoft. Jesus. <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to go to bat for Ubisoft here. The original interview that this all came from was done with GameIndustry.biz. Okay? And they were talking to uh, their head of subscription services. Okay, that's Philippe Tremblay, director of subscriptions. So you have a guy being interviewed that has a personal vested interest in selling subscription services, right? He's presumably right. bonused in some way. And Ubisoft just revamped their whole Ubisoft Plus subscription. Um, remember, they're the company that is going to hold the streaming rights for games that are uh, Activision Blizzard, because of the Microsoft deal, they they sold those rights to Ubisoft for cloud streaming of those games uh, to appease the CMA uh, that was kind of investigating the acqu acquisition of Activision Blizzard. So Ubisoft has a vested interest in selling subs and selling streaming services. No doubt. This guy's the director of subscriptions, has a personal vested interest. No doubt. But he was violently taken out of context by every, almost everybody out there besides GameIndustry.biz, who did the interview. Their headline was, The New Ubisoft Plus and Getting Gamers Comfortable with Not Owning Their Games. The subheadline was, Ubisoft introduces its classic service to PC and more to come on Activision Blizzard. Okay, now here's the part most places didn't care about when they were writing their headlines. Here is the full quote I'm going to give you where this not get comfortable with not owning your games comes from. One of the things we saw, this is from, from the interviewee, is that gamers are used to, a little bit like DVD, having and owning their games. That's the consumer shift that needs to happen. They got comfortable not owning their CD collection or their DVD collection. That's a transformation that's been a bit slower to happen in games. As gamers, you grow comfortable in that aspect. You don't lose your progress. If you resume your game at another time, your progress file is still there. That's not been deleted. You don't lose what you've built in the game or your engagement with the game. So it's about feeling comfortable with not owning your game. But what's missing is what was being discussed leading into that statement which was basically saying, hey, for subscription services to take off, people would need to start becoming comfortable with not owning their games. Right. He wasn't saying, Troy, get comfortable with not owning your damn game. He was saying, <laughs> hey, for subscription services to take off, gamers need to get comfortable with not owning their games. That's a little slower right now than it happened with CD or DVD, and he goes in that interview to talk about that's also why we give the options of our subscription services, buying the game straight out, buying it after you've been on the subscription service a little bit. We still offer all of those things because customers want different things. And that's why Ubisoft, we're going to offer those. Does he want you to sign up for the subs? Yeah, I'm sure he's bonused on it at some point down the road. But he was simply making the point that if you want subscription services to take off, which I personally don't. I like them being an option. I don't want them being my only option. Yeah. We've already seen, like, I don't know how fed up. The, there are people switching back to cable, people. Right? Yeah. They cut the cable wires, and now they're switching back because they just realize, Jesus, 
I can't depend on the programs I want being on any particular streaming service at any given time. They might be yanked at any given damn time. And by the way, I'm paying for nine of them. Mm-hmm. And none of them have live sports. <laughs> so now I got to go get ESPN or I got to like, so there are people going back to cable for this exact reason. I don't want everything to be subscription based, but he took a ton of flack over this Troy and he's not wrong. He was just making the point that, Hey, if you want subscription services to take off, it's going to require gamers getting comfortable with not owning their games, which he's not wrong. And, and I, I, I like that the, he brought the point that, that you stated that, you know, they're still offering other options. There's still the, you know, direct purchase option. There's still the, you know, purchase it after you try it on, on the past for a little while. It's, it's still about, you know, there are going to be different consumers who want different things and you still have to placate those consumers in different ways and offer different options for different consumers. If you want to maximize the number of people getting their, getting their money from them yeah. <laughs> just flat out. Cause at the end of the day, that's what it's about is getting their money from them. And as the consumers, it's about giving them our money for, you know, something that we're interested in and something that we feel is a quality product for us. Yeah. Here's his exact quote that, that I was talking about there. The point is not to force users to go down one route or another. We offer purchase, we offer subscription, and it's the gamer's preference that is important here. We're seeing some people who buy choosing to who buy choosing to subscribe now, but it all works. And he's absolutely right. You could play Prince of Persia right now for $17.99 by going and subbing up to Ubisoft Plus if you want to. Or you can buy it. And that's the way it should be. That's the way it should always be. Always. Always. But man. By the way, I did buy Prince of Persia. It kind of <laughs> kind of pained me because it was the fucking Epic Game Store. But mm. it's literally the second purchase I've ever made on the Epic Game Store, somewhere where I must have like 300 games on by so, now. So now it's in jail with all those other free games. <laughs> yeah, Rocket League and uh, and Prince of Persia are in jail. That's where I go and I, I put my hand on the window and play them. He was, yeah, Havoc, he was so ripped out of context because people wanted the headline, Yod. And if you yeah. only read the headline, it was easy to bash him, and a lot of people did. Yeah, yeah. And and I mean, I got to say, the, the bashing was amusing. Oh, I mean, certainly and, funny. Yeah, yeah, it was funny. But <laughs> yeah, Ubisoft's I mean, an easy target. It's it's like when Blizzard does something stupid. You're like, nah, they did I mean, it yeah. again. <laughs> yep. And I mean, gaming has changed so much in such a short time. I mean, granted, it's been probably like three, what, three, four generations of gaming systems, but it's not like even first uh, one player games that you play, you can't play it without being online. Yeah, that shit so, needs to stop, by the way. Yeah. So technically, you still don't own your entire game. Even you, if you have that physical copy in your hand, you still need to interact with their servers to do stuff. It, it, but yes, in his case, yeah, he was taken completely out of context. He is correct that if you want, if you want those streaming services to take off, then you have to be comfortable with not owning the games, which you're already comfortable with not owning. Which he's absolutely because... right. If you want Netflix right. to be a really big thing, you have to be comfortable with not owning the DVD. Right. Like, that's the way it is. <laughs> Oh man! Hey, did either of you? We got a new GDC survey. Don't don't <laughs> click on it. Don't click on it. Did any? Did either of you look through it already? I did. You did. Yes. Did you, Troy? No, I did not. Okay, cool. So we'll get some. I, and I doubt you're going to remember a lot of stuff on this. No, I, I'm not going to remember shit from this. <laughs> I love I love when they do this. So at GDC every year they do a uh, survey of like a few thousand developers. This year it was like three thousand, and they bring in uh, Omdia. They're like a research firm to do the survey and dissect all the results and stuff. So it's not just like some GDC dude with a clipboard walking around and then totaling things up. It's actually done by a survey research data firm that does this kind of stuff. So out of the 3,000 that were surveyed this year, uh, the largest demographic, and this is game developers, right, at GDC, mm -hmm. the largest demographic age-wise, 
was 25 to 34, representing 35% of the field, and 35 to 44 right behind them at 33% of the field. So we got 68% of the field between 25 and 44, right? And that's kind of not surprising, right? That to me that's that's the main demographic for gamers is you know a little lower than 24, right? Teenagers are into it too, but they don't have the disposable income, right? Yeah, I was going to say as far as the the, the money spending gamers, right. yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so it makes sense. Plus, these are professionals. You know, you don't really expect too many 18 to 24 year olds in at, at GDC that have, you know, meaningful higher ranking positions. Right. If somebody is 18 right. to 24, they're generally going to be in QA uh, or still in school uh, to, right. to get those positions. So 25 to 44 makes sense. 65 percent white Caucasian. Uh, I, I'm honestly surprised it's still that high. I'm not. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly because if you if you look at um, gaming companies, they're still currently. And I, I mean, I think we talked about it a few years ago when on something else, about something else. But the game game companies are just now starting to get to where other corporate entities are at. Yeah, no, no, you're absolutely right. I still expected this number to be above 50%. Right. But to so, be closing so, in on 70% still, I was like, ah, we haven't made as much diversity progress as I no, thought no, no, we would I, have I by fully now. Expected, yeah, I fully expected because, like, like I said, they're, they're just now reaching that point where they're like, maybe this isn't just a bro club anymore. Maybe other people have other stories they want to tell. Also, but, though, I feel well, like you, if you look at the the options here, because um, there is an aspect of this type of question, right? Because there is a, a you know, I, I could be Irish and English, but I might say I'm Irish, you know, that type right. of thing. Um, right. Because there are some kind of questionable combinations of options here. Like you have yeah. Black, African, uh, Caribbean, fine. That's you know, a South or Southeast Asian, right? Like those are pretty generalized groups. But then you have like Middle Eastern or North African. Well, those are two very, very different cultures. <laughs> yeah. Like two, yeah. Yeah, yeah, regionally they're the same there, but that's two very different. Then uh, so in mul multiple ethnicities not listed, and you know everything was less than ten percent. Hispanic, right. Latino, or Spanish? Spanish was the largest at nine percent. East Asian at seven, and then everything was was down from there. With five percent preferring not to answer, so that was an option. I'm pretty sure. Based on what you're saying, Yad, that five percent is the other five percent of white guys that you were looking for in that white Caucasian Probably. number. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. There you go. I'm being facetious, obviously. <laughs> uh, Sixty-nine percent men, twenty-three percent women, five percent non-binary, <clears throat> not listed. Less than one percent prefer not to answer. Three. So it's still very much a white guys club, uh, right. Troy. And it is nice to. I can't. I don't remember. I know we reviewed this last year, and I should have pulled it up if I was better at my job. I would have. Uh, what last year's numbers were, but it is still heavily skewed. Heavily skewed. Yeah, I was going to say it'd be interesting to see compared to previous years where the numbers are, but but like I said, still still very heavily skewed, and uh, you know you you want to see more diversity because there there's there's more stories to tell from more perspectives out there. The more diverse you get with that trying to find the 2022 survey without actually having to sign up for anything here <laughs> <laughs> without actually having to get into the stuff let's see is but, this, is but they it? want you to take the survey to get the survey to see the survey right well exactly like they wanted me to jump through five <laughs> five different hoops to uh oh yeah nfts was a big one that on that mm. survey yep, yep, yep. <laughs> everybody was like we hate it we hate it. <laughs> and so this year, predictably, not NFTs, but a few other topics, and I'd like mm. to see. So, Troy, I'm going to ask you this since you didn't look at it. What was the developer's favorite platform or their platform of choice for developing current projects? Since they all work on PCs, I'm going to guess PC. You got it. 66% said PC. 
for current projects. Uh, I, would, I would imagine there's definitely hoops transferring that over to consoles. 57% for uh, said PC for developing upcoming projects. Who was second, though, do you think? I think oh, that's man. the more interesting one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be the more interesting one. Uh, I'll say something like Xbox. It's the PlayStation 5. PlayStation 5, the wow. The PlayStation yeah. 5. Yeah. Xbox is third. Xbox Series S and X is third at 34%. And then Android at 24%. iOS at 23 then Nintendo Switch and, and the Xbox One both at 18% with the PlayStation 4 at 16 with tied with Mac and then everything else from there. All the way down to Playdate. Less than what someone said Playdate was their favorite <laughs> their platform what? of choice. What is Playdate? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's that little um it, it looks like a, an old Game Boy, except it's bright yellow. Right, and it's got the crank on it. You don't remember that? No. It came out in like twenty twenty two. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I don't remember that thing at all. How do you not remember that? I, I don't remember it. Yeah, it's a little handheld game console. It's got a, it's got a mechanical crank on it, a black and white screen, and somebody went to GDC and was like, "My favorite thing to develop for is the Playdate." <laughs> I just look, yeah, it's got a hand. What? Why does it have a hand crank? Thirty-five <laughs> percent of developers surveyed said they'd been impacted by layoffs this past year personally, or worked at a company where layoffs occurred. With quality assurance testers affected the most, twenty-two percent of QA developers said they were laid off in twenty twenty-three, compared to seven percent for all developers. Those in-game development businesses and finances were affected the least at 2%. And more than half of respondees expressed some level of concern that the place they worked at would be hit with layoffs in 2024. Troy, talk me off the ledge because this is the field my son is going to college for right now. <laughs> Don't be a QA tester. Don't be a QA tester. Your your job security is nearly non-existent in the video game industry. Uh, by the way, you can get a play date for $199 if you would like one. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty yeah, dope. No, that, it's still too expensive. Uh, last thing they talked about was AI. Big one this year, like NFTs was last year. 84% of respondees said they're somewhat or very concerned about the ethics of generative AI. 12% said they have no concerns with it. GDC notes that those working in businesses, marketing, and programming were more likely to say the use of AI would have a positive effect, while those on the creative side of development, such as narrative and QA and stuff like that, were more likely to say it had a negative effect and that just no. that like totally <laughs> that totally computes <laughs> right yeah 51 percent of their developers said their companies have implemented some kind of workplace policy regarding the use of generative ai with many of them saying their companies have made use optional uh their two percent of responders said generative ai is mandatory in their workplace and 12 percent troy said is flat out not allowed not allowed 37% of indie developers said they're using generative AI compared to 21% of AAA and AA studios. We're going to see those numbers go all over the board in the next two to four years. All over the board. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Hey, Especially last... with how hard uh, Adobe is pushing the usage of AI. Oh, are they really? Like, I'm not an Adobe yeah. user, so I'm not, yeah, go yeah, ahead. I'm um... not up to speed. Yeah, the, the Adobe, I think they call it Adobe Max now, the, the whole conference they have every year. This year was all about AI. And I mean, some of the, th the tools that they've come up with are very interesting and I can see being very helpful. Um, they have one that will extend the background out of an image if you need you know, to fill that space. So like, you know, if you have half a house there or whatever, it'll, it'll fill that space up other than you know the foreground people and stuff like that you'll fill that background space up with the correct 
portion of that image that needs to be there, which that can be very handy. That can be very time-saving. But there's other aspects of it that's like, uh, that's pushing on the fact of, uh, you know, taking away an actual job that someone has trained to do. So, yeah. Epic <laughs> says, fill up the space with extra fingers on hands. Yeah, AI does have a little bit of a problem yeah. there right now. Yeah, I, and Chirac, you're absolutely right. It is a legal nightmare, and it's going to be over the next three to five oh, yeah. years because the, the the legislation has to catch up to the technology. It's It's happened multiple times before. Mm -hmm. It's going to continue to happen. AI is just the next thing for it to happen, too. Right. Um, finally, before we do... Games of the week, if you remember, Best Buy has totally done away with carrying physical media, yes. right? They, this month, January, was them liquidating all of that stuff and getting rid of it. Well, now there's another big game retailer, not in the United States yet, but Game, uh, game.co.uk, in the UK, is no, is no longer taking video game trade-ins. Now, that they're still going to carry physical media. But now we're starting to see that we don't want your used shit anymore. And I gotta feel like GameStop has been considering this for years, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, even though that's... But they can't. The, GameStop, the way they did their business model, pins them behind used product, right? That is their margin. Right. You, you make almost nothing on a new game sale. You make it on the used game sales. But it has reached a point for Game Elite because a lot of their locations... Are, are actually inside um, Sports Direct outlets, right? They're inside Sports Direct. And because of the way they have to ring used product up versus new product and keep track of certain things, there's a whole separate register and, and, and cash drawer until for the used stuff. And that means somebody's got to be cross-trained on both uh, POS systems and be able to... And it's just not worth it to the company anymore. So, so that actually makes sense. That makes sense. That but yeah. it also means that the margin they're making on the used games isn't filling the gap enough, and so therefore it's not worth carrying. Now, GameStop right. has kind of pinned itself right now, and they've got to find another revenue stream that can be just as profitable or make up a lot of it before they get out of it. But I feel like they've been thinking about trying to get out of that loop for a while because they've lost money for a long time. But... I hate this shifting towards, like, if I want to buy a Blu-ray, there are exceedingly fewer and fewer options for me, Troy, to just go out on release day and get that damn Blu-ray. I had to hunt for Oppenheimer for, like, nine days before I finally found a copy of it. Hmm. I don't like this. <laughs> I'm a physical <laughs> media baby. Uh, I was going to say, you and your physical media, you got to have it physical. I do. I do. No, see, but I got if I can find it anywhere besides Amazon, I'm going to get it anywhere. That's another one of my little bugaboos. Don't worry about it. It's not that I have anything personally against Amazon. I just don't like feeding giants. I, I agree. <laughs> I, agree with that. Yeah. I just don't like feeding giants if I don't have to. I will order. I, I feed Amazon, Amazon every day. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they just but bring it to my thing, house, right? man. So. It's not on like it's not on Sony or Microsoft then, right? Like they could get out of physical media and just blame everybody else. Right? If Best Buy, one of the largest retailers, electronics retailers in the United States, isn't gonna offer customers physical media, then why the hell, if another few big retailers jumped on that train, why would Microsoft print them? You know what right. I mean? If Why? No place to retail them. I can at, funnel them to Amazon and GameStop, and that's it. Yeah. I don't like where this is headed. Uh, yeah, because also on the day that um, Best Buy stopped selling physical media, Paramount Plus also took all the Star Trek movies off stream. <laughs> so, where where are you going to be able to watch oh, those? Sony now? had backlash because they were about to lose a bunch of discovery programming, even if you had bought it on their mm -hmm. streaming platform. Mm -hmm. They right. had they had to back that up real quick. Right. They don't have the space for physical media anymore. Get the fuck out of here. When's the last time <laughs> you've been to a Best Buy? There's nothing but space in Best Buy these days. <laughs> they, they've got like boxes, like back stock boxes of TVs lined up in the aisles because there's so much space. <laughs> <laughs> Let's slide over and do our games of the week. Yeah! 
Games of the Week is the way we end every episode of Gaming Gumbo here. It's where all three of us give you a game. Could be a board game, video game, mobile game, something we're playing now, have played before, or have never played, but think you should check out. And you let us know who gave the best recommendation in the comments below while feeling free to recommend your own. I'm going to go first because I already spoiled it. Last week was the Prince of Persia Lost Crown demo. This week, it's the full game. And I bought it. Don't sub. Buy the fucking thing. <laughs> it's a fantastic uh, Metroidvania search action, whatever you want to call it. It is so good so far. I'm very much enjoying it. Troy, off to you. Uh, normally when I do these, I pull out a big giant box. Whoa! Wait, what? Ooh. Oh, board game. A board game. Sorry. <laughs> I just heard you say normally you pull out a big giant. And I, this is not that kind of show. Uh, normally I pull out a big box for for a board game, but this week we're going with something really small. This is Sea Salt and Paper. It's a great set collection game. Uh, it's got a great art style with uh, origami art style of ocean creatures, and you collect sets of them, for, and they're all worth different amounts of points depending on uh, which ones you're collecting and how many you get of them. Then you can also play duo cards to use special powers to do things like steal a card from an opponent or take another turn. So it's a fantastic little game in a box. You can probably get it for 10 or 15 bucks. Uh, it, it's a really great game. It's really highly reviewed. Uh, sea salt and paper. DJ Havoc uh, recommending Power Wash Simulator in the chat. <laughs> I can legit I've always, say I've always been enthralled by those videos. Like he, the only reason I don't buy the games is because I'm afraid. Yeah, <laughs> what the, I, I can path. confirm that he is I'm absolutely path, recommending that. It's he's not being facetious there. Your nieces and nephews laugh at how often they see you on Steam on Power Wash <laughs> Simulator, uh, DJ Havoc. <laughs> They're like, man. Uncle Buddy is always power washing. That dude is always power washing. Uh, yeah, Jan, finish game. it up. It's a good game, and it's on Game Pass. So, you know, you got no excuse not to play it if you get Game Pass. But that's not my recommendation. I'm going to go with Pal World because I want to play some Pokemon yeah. with guns. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. That's going to do it. also on Game Pass. Yep. That's going to do it for us here today. We'll be back next Saturday with another episode of Gaming Gumbo. Remember, no Torchwick after the show. Headed out to anniversary dinner right now for some good food. Uh, but Tarkoth will be live tonight at midnight with some more control. Until next time, Yod, where can everybody find you? Uh, Yod Art works on the socials on otakudomcomic.com and right here on Gaming Gumbo. Troy. At Noob Fridge on all the socials. I'm Mike Byrne. You can follow me right there, but more importantly, follow at RC Radio, R-A-I-D-E-O, and you'll know every time we're going live with a podcast, a stream, some Final Fantasy, TCG local card games, and more. Stay safe. We'll see you on the servers. Yeah.